We have author Tara Chiliodakis on to discuss her New Age to Jesus testimony, the surprising link between Kundalini and false NDEs, the dangers of putting spiritual experiences ahead of a relationship with Jesus, and a whole lot more on this week's Spirit Answers podcast. Well, I'm so thankful to have on the podcast today, Tara Chiliodakis with us. She's the author of the book, The Narrow Path. Tara, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Yeah. It's my pleasure. Um, so you opened the book uh, discussing the concept of good and evil. And uh, it's interesting how later you tie this to something that uh, you talk about later in the book, which is the false version of Jesus. And you state the false version of Jesus whispers, be spiritual, not religious. Do not judge. It's going to be okay because you're a good person. Uh, can you kind of whip what our appetites, uh, so to speak, by describing how now uh, you know this version of Jesus to be false and what you might tell someone who lives by this false uh, Jesus statement? Um, yeah, so basically when I was in the new age, I considered myself a Christian. You know, I grew up Christian, um, but I didn't believe the Bible was the infallible word of God, basically. So I kind of thought I can kind of just mishmash different religious beliefs and philosophies together. Um, so, you know, I thought it was just all about, you know, be a good person. And um, but as you get to know the Bible, you know, Jesus tells you nobody's good, not even one. So um so yeah, um, basically, it's just like a false version of Jesus. It's more of like a universal Christ consciousness. Um, that's kind of what's being pushed on us today. Right. It's not, it's not exclusive. So the true Jesus of the Bible is he's, he's exclusive. You know, he's the only way to God. And I think that's what it really boils down to. Like, that's the big difference between this false version of Jesus. It's accepting of every belief and everybody and the true Jesus of the Bible, where there's only one way to God hmm. through him. Really well said, because you can't have good and evil if all ways lead to heaven. Isn't that right? Right. There's exactly. Got, there's got to be some kind of a line there. Um, yeah. I, well, I'm really, I'm really appreciative that you opened the book with that. And uh, I think it's going to really set the foundation for what we talk about here going forward with your story. But for mm -hmm. kind of taking it back to the beginning of your story, I understand uh, you got involved in the paranormal and the, in the supernatural in a cult by way of that pretty early. Can you kind of take mm -hmm. us through some of those first experiences that you had growing up uh, with a paranormal that you had in your house? Right, so I mean, this started when I was very young. Um, I was probably around the ages of five or six. And you know, one of my earliest memories was um, seeing an apparitions. Like I would go to sleep at night and I remember very clearly like it happened yesterday it was just this woman, this translucent, woman floating down the hallway as I would sleep and just kind of staring at me and I used to be afraid so after a while I would always sleep with the door closed um however as I got older this always stayed in the back of my mind this kind of you know put an interest in me to always have questions like what was this what am I seeing you know and at the time I didn't know it's a ghost necessarily. I remember telling my mom about experiences and she would kind of just, you know, brush me off. Maybe you were dreaming. Um, but as I got older, I was always searching for answers because I had these experiences. It made me want to look for something. I knew there was something greater than, you know, what we see um, here in this dimension. So I used to just delve into all types of like, you know, paranormal ghost hunting books. Um, you know, I got into astrology. Um, I used to do like whole birth charts, um, psychics, tarot cards. Um, you know, it just, and like I said, even though my parents were Christians, you know, we go to church, but I would always think that, eh, you know, that's kind of narrow minded. You know, there's so much more out there. Like Jesus can't possibly be the only way, you know? Um, so really just my whole life, I feel like I had this experience to basically, you know, make me want to be, or, or make me want to search for answers, um, mm -hmm. aside from God. Mm -hmm. So, so in a way you feel like, uh, some of these experiences happen, God allowed them to happen to kind of give you an understanding that there was more to this life than just the physical. Right. Right. I also so it made me very curious. 
Yeah. And, and I also understand too, um, one of those experiences uh, was, it sounds like a peaceful experience that kind of coincided with Jesus. Isn't that right? Right. So the thing is, is like, so when I was a teenager, uh, probably like a preteen teenager, um, when I kept getting into all of this stuff, I would find that I would just have all these bouts of depression. You know, I was on and off depressed for no reason. I just felt like this darkness always over me. And um, I remember, you know, my first experience with Jesus was that finally I gave in, you know, my mom had like, you know, pictures of Jesus on her wall, stuff in her room. And I remember just feeling afraid because I would have a lot of nightmares at night too, you know, a lot of nightmares, um, weird visions. Um, so it, it started scaring me. I was scared to go to bed at night. I just always had this dark, eerie energy like around me in my room. And um, I remember getting a picture of Jesus and it was a prayer. Um, and I hung it in the corner of my room. And I remember that time at night, I had said this prayer and went to sleep. And I do remember for the first time in a long time, being able to sleep and feeling comforted and a, and a peace. Like it kind of gave me the inclination that, you know, Jesus's name has power. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very similar to what we were talking about just a, a few seconds ago, a few minutes ago, that um, maybe this was also something that God was giving you to, to kind of foreshadow who he was, uh, mm -hmm. someone, someone that was much greater than any of these uh, ghostly, as we now understand to be demonic experiences that you were having, you could turn right. to him. It just, right. like it does for many of us, it, it just took you uh, maybe a, a, a longer route to get there than, than maybe oh, what, <laughs> than what we <laughs> would like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can relate. Um, so at this point, then, uh, from, from what I understand, you started to then, as you got older, kind of delve a little bit more into partying and also kind of experimented with some drug use. Isn't that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. From that, from that, uh, from those experiences, um, I really appreciated what you said in the book. Uh, you said that I believe using drugs opens your consciousness to dark powers. Uh, can you kind of explain this for us? And I, I definitely agree with you, just kind of what you take from your experiences and how you think that that happens. Um, well, I think it just, it opens up your consciousness. It gives you an altered state of consciousness. And this is what you'll see also with like meditation. That's kind of the point of meditation too. So anything that alters your consciousness, I think it leaves you open to darkness. It leaves you open to being vulnerable. Um, you know, you're not using all your mental faculties. Um, you're opening up something within you that's spiritual. Um, and even like if you do research in ancient paganism, the one thing that was always, you know, big with them was an altered state of consciousness. And they would induce those states by either drugs or meditation. Um, that's the one thing that you will always see throughout all of history. Yeah, and basically the the biggest thing too is, you know, and I think this is why it says in the Bible that you are to be of a sober mind because the devil prowls around like a lion seeking for whom he may devour. And, that, you know, I think that's, that's the thing. That's, you know, again, Christianity, this is how they're so different than other religions and philosophies because they're telling you you need to stay sober minded. You need to, you know, be in control of your 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 mental faculties, whereas other religions, other philosophies and spiritualities, they want you to open up this, you know, altered state of consciousness in order to touch the spiritual. Right, right. Whereas God says we're supposed, you know, you're, we're not supposed to be tampered with. You know, you're not supposed to be opening yourself up to that. Right. And, and it, kind of comes back to a little bit, I think, to your desire at that point in your life to kind of seek, you, you were not only partying, but you were also getting a little bit more into like tarot at this time, you're getting a little bit more into uh, psychics, uh, psychic abilities or seeking out psychics. Also, I think yoga and just the new age in general. So mm -hmm. for you, it was it was, but it wasn't just about the experience for you, even though that was important. For you, it, it was that combination of the of the spirit of the experience, but also again, just trying to figure out those deeper life questions. Why are we here? You know, what happens to us when we die? Is there such a thing as truth? And you were and you were finding that there was some kind of an over, overlap here between these experiences and the spiritual. Right. And do you mean with drug use in particular or just um, 
like meditation and yoga? Uh, I, I would say from, from what I remember in, uh, in your story, it seems like it, it all that period all kind of coincided with each other, right? You were just doing a, a, it was just a bunch of different types of things at that time in your life and, and just kind of trying to find your way. Right. Well, I would say the drug use came first. Okay. Uh-huh. You know, um, I was younger when I was experimenting with drugs, but it, you know, once I had stopped using drugs and this was later, now I had kids, you know, I was trying to get my life together. Um, then I started going down more of the meditation, the yoga route thinking, you know, it was, it was healing. Um, it was spiritual, you know, it was good. Um, it wasn't until I started having experiences with meditation that, you know, it felt like you were, you were high basically. Right. So that's when I started seeing the the parallels there. And when you started to, so you, you kind of go from that partying phase into the, into the more of the metaphysical type of, uh, activities mm-hmm. at that point, then, um, what was it like for you? What, what were you doing? Like from an emotional standpoint, how, what was the difference there? Did you feel like at that point that it was helping you these, these quote new age activities or what was that like at that time? Um, yeah, definitely. Because, um, so again, you know, I dealt a lot with like depression, anxiety, um, after I had had kids, um, every time I would kind of go through like postpartum depression and stuff like that. So I was really looking for a way to heal myself. So I got into yoga because it seemed, you know, so peaceful. I had done yoga for probably like a year or two before I really got into the the meditation part of it and wanting to seek deeper and more of the, the spiritual side of it. Um, And, you know, my first real experience where I had an experience with meditation, um, you know, it was, it was very deeply spiritual. Um, I finally got into that very like calm, peaceful state. I felt, um, like I said, kind of like high, very euphoric. Um, I saw like lights, energy. Um, so I remember leaving that yoga session that day feeling like, wow, you know, this is amazing. I'm going to, this is something I'm going to pursue and I want to do all the time you know, from that point forward, I was like, I was going to become a yoga teacher. I wanted to, you know, learn Reiki. I thought of all this stuff. I was also um, about to start nursing school. Um, And I knew that, you know, psych was something that I wanted to go into. And I just thought this is how I could help people. So for a while, it seemed like good and it seemed loving and it seemed peaceful, you know. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I started searching for answers further on down the line that it kind of turned dark instead. Yeah, yeah, it kind of, it really kind of comes back to like uh, just even the Adam and Eve uh, story in Genesis, which is like you, you know the enemy kind of g- giving us a little bit of taste of power and tempting us, and uh, for for just a little bit it, it seems like oh this could work it it this is uh, this is benefiting me, but it, eventually it, there's a it's gonna turn it's gonna turn dark anytime that you're that you're taking something from the enemy it's not gonna turn out the way I I, I don't think that we want it to. And right. I don't think that this, this type of the new age, anything related to the new age is any exception. Right. I feel like it's a, it's a seduction, you know? Right. Again, right. just like drug use, it's here. It's an escape. It makes you feel good, but it's going to destroy you in the long run. Right. You know? So, so it, you're having, you're having some quote little successes here and there in terms of maybe both on the mental health side, you're feeling like this is helping you. And you're also discovering you know what? There, the, all this uh, stuff is showing me that there is more to life than the physical. There is, there is a spiritual aspect to life. However, I understand uh, eventually, like we were just talking about. I'm not sure exactly how long it takes, but you start to have some side effects from engaging the in engaging in these activities. Can you kind of take us through what what started to unfold there? Um, so I would say the the side effects were um, I just started feeling not in control of myself. You know, and uh, this is kind of like what a Kundalini awakening is like you start feeling like energy traveling throughout your body. Um, It's just it's weird energy. But like when you would use that energy to do yoga poses or to get into these positions, all of a sudden you would feel stronger. You could hold positions for longer. Like it was, you know, it felt supernatural. Like there's something else inside of you. Um, and sometimes I would start to have like these weird cold and hot sensations kind of like running up through like my neck and my head and my spine. Um, and then, you know, I just started, uh, like paranormal stuff started happening in my house too. Like I would start like hearing footsteps at night. Um, at one point my son had started seeing like shadows running downstairs. Like when we go to bed at night, um, just, you know, weird stuff. Um, 
again, the nightmare started. Um, also one thing that happened that was really strange, the more I got into this, I started like having visions or like a weird, um, paranormal sight almost like I could go to like, say I'd go to sleep at night. I would just close my eyes, but yet I could still see around the room with my eyes shut. Wow. Um, and I would start having visions too. Like I'd go to sleep and all of a sudden I would see like superimposed like visions, like a movie screen, very, very vivid. Um, I would start seeing like demonic faces. Mm. Um, so this was, you know, this was not normal. This was very, very scary. It started, you know, scaring me. And a lot of this didn't start happening until I just started, you know, some of the, the eerie like feelings I would get around me when I was doing yoga or doing meditation, you know, I started praying to God and just asking questions like, is this the right thing to do? Like, you know, I, I do want to follow you, but I don't know, you know, something inside of me is saying, hmm, maybe you should pause here. Um, and that's when stuff started getting really bad. Um, so I feel like it was probably Jesus's way of showing me the light that was really darkness. And I also think it's interesting too that you point out in the book that what you're what you're describing uh, certainly isn't exclusive to you because even um, the diagnostic st st statistic st manual. statistical yeah. manual, yes, if I can <laughs> say that, uh, the DSM which is a book uh, created by the uh, American, I think, Psychological Association, Association to uh, diagnose mental disorders. They mm -hmm. even have had a section in the book that discusses this very thing, which I, I think at one point even had the term Kundalini in, in, the, in the actual disorder name. So um, it's really interesting to see that this, quote, spiritual stuff, even overlaps with the psychological realm and uh the oh, yeah. the secular the, the like secular psychologists even acknowledge that something is going on here right they do and it's not so much psychiatry itself which is more like medical but it's more like the transhumanal um like psychology like the psychologists um right. they changed the name and now it's called kundalini physio physiology syndrome or something like that or kundalini physio syndrome um, but I mean, it's been very studied. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and sometimes they actually try to put a positive light on it. Like this is just, you know, something that happens. It might be bad in the beginning, you know, kind of like destroying so you can rebuild, but it will be better, you know? Um, so they kind of almost, it, this is like an experience they want you to have, you know, and, and even like some of the greats of like psychology, like Carl Jung, um, you know, he, a lot of his books dealt with this topic. Right. And of course he was someone that he, he delved a lot into the spiritual himself, really tried to right. make contact with the other side and yep. um, in ways that the Bible would, would condemn mm -hmm. for sure. Um, and you, so you, so you mentioned that it started to get really bad at this point. I want to take a quick step back and examine your particular situation. And I, because I think there's probably some people out there that say, well, you know, that's interesting that this has happened, this happened for her. I don't see it happening for me yet. Do you think that for most people, it, it really is just a matter of time, like the further they get into the into the new age and these types of activities, the further they get into the spiritual side of yoga, the further they, they get into tarot, uh, the further they, they try, they try to um, get into the spiritual components of all these different um, mindfulness activities. Do you think it's just a matter of time for most people to have the same type of effects? Yeah, I think it is a matter of time. And also I think it's um, just allowing you to be deceived. Um, I think the difference between people that find out the truth is because they're genuinely seeking and maybe at some point in their life, God's protecting them. Um, and then there's others who I think God just maybe gives over to that mindset and allows the deception. So I think that that comes into play too, you know, yeah. um, cause then there's a lot, I mean, I know people that, you know, they're still, um, or like my yoga teacher, for example, who I was friends with, you know, she had told me all about her Kundalini experience when I was going through this, trying to, you know, convince me that it was actually a positive thing. And I mean, it's never changed her mind. You know, she's still really into this, you know, thought frame because it seemed good at the time mm -hmm. um and then they just go on and keep doing the same thing so i think some people just they don't see it mm -hmm. or maybe the devil just you know keeps them in that deception 
and maybe like you know, kind of like you were saying, it's just a case by case basis, and everyone is just on their own timetable in order to to really uh, fulfill the plan that God has for them. And and, and again, it does come it comes down to the person as well, right? They have to be able to they have to take a step back and look at what's going on and, and really examine it for what it is. And um, God right. will allow people to choose if they, if they right. want to, to to continue to choose the uh, the side that is against them, if, if that's what they would like to do. Um, so. Right. And some people just, you know, they're turned over to total madness. Right. Um, some people actually go very psychotic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have even seen that, <laughs> you know, people that are really into this and I don't know, maybe they had some underlying mental health um, conditions as well, but you know, it really can push some people over the edge and I don't think everybody comes back from that. Mm. Yeah. And and it sounds like so kind of getting back to where we left off in your story, eventually, it sounds like you were very close to getting to that point yourself, weren't you when it got really bad, but that's kind of when things started to change. Isn't that right? Yeah. So when all this was happening, you know, I was kind of confused of what was going on because I was getting further depressed. I felt further suicidal. You know, I was having the, the visions, the weird paranormal experiences. Sometimes I'd feel disassociated um, from my body and um Eventually, you know, one day I was home and I, I had this like weird, um, these sensations kind of like moving up my spine, kind of like they say what happens with the Kundalini energy, you know, it starts at the base of your spine and then moves its way up. And, um, I was having really bad, weird back pain. And I just felt like, you know, presences around me that were very dark. And I remember just finally just breaking down to God and just crying out to him and just, you know begging for whatever this was to stop. And I remember like all of a sudden, everything in my back, all of the, the energy surges, all of that stopped immediately. Wow. And, and it's like, I just got it in that moment. Like I knew, like, I just finally got the answer. I'm like, I get it. I'd asked you for the truth and I get it. And it's like, in that moment, I just had this knowing. And the first thing that I thought of was like, antichrist, this is an antichrist religion. And I, I also think it's worth highlighting too, before this happened, um, you you had actually started to kind of delve, you started to do a little bit of research and you realized, I, I believe this was a little bit before this happened, you realized yeah. that some parts of the new age, such as like opening your chakras and yoga wasn't exclusive to new age practices or Eastern spirituality, but it also overlapped with Luciferianism and Satanism. And that I, I understand that kind of planted a seed for you as well. And I think that that's just very, I'm sure for some people that's jarring to hear that, that, that that's oh, the yeah. case. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that was one of the things that made me start to ask questions too, is because, you know, I was really into, you know, figuring out how to open your chakras, maybe like astral travel, you know, all of this stuff seemed interesting to me because I was such a spiritual seeker. Um, but yeah, I remember, you know, I'm just looking for like stuff about chakras. And I remember stumbling upon like, uh, like, I don't know if it was like a joy of Satan website or whatever. And this was like really big for them. Um, and it just stopped me in my tracks. Cause I'm like, wait a minute, like, why would I want to do anything that that's in the same, it has in common with Satanist? Like, why are they doing the same spiritual practices that I, you know, I'm thinking is compatible with Christianity. So yeah, that, that really, um, threw up some red flags for me. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it's important to note here too. And like when I wrote my book, um, you know, I, I did a lot of research, um, books that I, you know, definitely burned afterwards. Yeah. But, you know, I had like the book of the adversary, which is a Luciferian Bible, basically. And I mean, this book is just filled with, you know, chakras and meditation and yoga. And, you know, it's, they make it seem very different. Like these chakras that you're opening, they're actually associated with like the demonic. Um, it, it just, it's very scary stuff to read. And here you are thinking you're doing something peaceful and healing and it's being promoted everywhere, even to our kids in school. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's really, really scary. And um, I know on one website, um, which is like a Luciferian website, when they talk about the chakras, like your solar solar chakra, they actually call it the solar 666 chakra, hmm. which is <laughs> very so scary. <laughs> and quote unquote, from their website, they say, um, here the chakra one uses to impress one's will when working with witchcraft. It is the powerhouse of the soul. Its symbol is a swastika. 
which is, you know, <laughs> very interesting. Yeah, get much. Uh, I don't know that talking about good and evil. I, I don't know if it gets much more evil than that. That's pretty right. crazy. Um, yeah, that's, so I, I wanted to point that out because I, I for me, you know, it's, it, it's just interesting to me that like you were saying that a lot of this stuff is really promoted heavily now and it's coming into our schools and it's and it's uh, in, in corporate America. Uh, what we're talking about from these new age practices, but yet here, here it is right there, right in front of us too, in, in these, in these Satanist and Luciferian books. And uh, right. for some, for some reason, it's like the, the connection is just, it just hasn't been made. And I, and I find that to be very fascinating amongst, amongst most people that connection has not been made. No, not at all. Because I mean, this stuff is kind of, it, it's, it's hidden kind of in plain sight, but nobody cares to look. You know, and, and the, the thing that's scary to me the most is that a lot of Christians are, are very much into this type of spirituality, too. And it just amazes me because I'm like, I guess people just don't get what Christianity is. Yeah. 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 Well said. Um, I also like what you said in the book. You said uh, every time I would start to embrace some new age teaching, somehow God would place a source of truth in my path that would stop me in my tracks so looking back at your life um how much now can you kind of connect the dots and see god in all this that he was orchestrating together your journey uh kind of like we were talking about before maybe allowing you to see some things in order to have the greater good to glorify him yeah and i think that's exactly what it is um you know it's been my whole life <laughs> like I don't even think I really accepted Christ till I was like maybe 34 so you know and I'm 40 now <laughs> so yeah. you know it took a while <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but I, yeah I think that's what it was he just he was allowing me to go through certain things you know it was like this battle for good and evil I feel like from the very beginning God created me in a certain way to have a spiritual sensitivity and the enemy knew this and so he wants to seek people like that to serve his purposes, you know, because it's very easy for us to be vulnerable in that way. Um, right. But I feel like, you know, God just let certain things happen. And then, you know, he would align certain things to happen so that I would see it for what it really was, mm. um, you know, because he, he knows all. So none of this was a surprise to him, I'm sure. Um, yeah, he knows that he knows that the beginning uh, through the end. And right. I agree with you. He, he, he knows exactly what needs to happen at the exact right time. That's going to, to bring the, the most glory for, for himself. And then ultimately uh, also, I think, you know, obviously he wants to have a relationship with you and he, he will do whatever he can in order to, to cultivate that relationship. Um, I just think, again, he's, right. I think a lot of times when we are, when we are wanting something from God or something, I think, I, I think like in that, maybe in that situation, you were maybe still thinking like from the universe. I think he's, I think he's waiting on us. Actually, we think right. that we're waiting on him. He's waiting on us to take, to take another step. Right. Cause he's not going to force himself on anybody. Right. Right. You know what I mean? So he's waiting for you to make that choice to choose him. And I think that's what it, it always comes down to. I mean, that's what I was searching for. I was searching for God all along. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's why the devil wants to put different things in your path so that you don't find him mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. has you looking everywhere else for some sort of meaning and mm -hmm. really that's that's it well, that's what i was really just looking for you know yeah yeah um so I, I, after this happened then uh it it wasn't it, it wasn't easy was it to go from the the way that you were thinking throughout all those years like in the new age in developing a relationship with with jesus it took a little while didn't it yeah, no, it was definitely, it's like, okay, now you so, you have this, like, this awakening of sorts. Um, you kind of have an idea of truth now, but it's like, well, what do you do with that truth? I mean, it's, it's horrible to have your whole worldview just crashing down on you. Because now painful. you don't really, <laughs> you don't know where to go from there. Yeah. You're like, everything I believed was a lie. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. But yeah. It took a lot of, a lot of uh, baby steps. Cause you're like, all right, well, what do, what do I do now? Do I go to church? Do I get a Bible? You know? Um, so I would start to, you know, try to read the Bible. Um, you know, it was, it was totally different than what I was used to, you know, mm -hmm. try to now go to church and you would try different churches and you just felt different <laughs> than other people. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think it's like anything, um, it, 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 any relationship, I think, takes time to cultivate any relationship with depth. And I don't think it's any different with the, with the creator of the spiritual and the physical. I think it takes time. But uh, eventually, uh, you, I, because I, I know your story, eventually there was breakthrough there. Um, and uh, I, I really appreciate one of the things that you said, uh, just one of the tangible things that you could see a concrete example uh, okay. from your relationship is that alcohol uh, no longer appealed to you in the same way it did before and neither did ho- did horror movies but this was more than a psychological shift wasn't it this was part of the relation the relationship that you were forming yeah i mean i think it was just the the holy spirit it was having his spirit living inside of you and now things that didn't bother you before now suddenly just hurt your spirit you know the things that hurt god suddenly you were feeling it was just it was really weird cuz i would you know watch like american horror story or, you know, shows like that. And then I would yeah. try to watch it. And I was like, oh my God, like, this yeah. is, this seems so demonic. Like it just made me extremely uncomfortable. Yeah. And there was a, there was an empathy there also. I think you described in the book that wasn't there before for other people. You, you, you uh, cared about people in their state of being in a different way than you did when you were in the, the very quote, spiritual aspects of the new age. Right. Right. Yeah, it just, you know, you just start seeing, you feel sorry for people because you see other people now as, you know, lost. And you feel sorry for like the people that are still like in that spirituality because they just, the, the, the deception, you know, like it seems like all love and light to them. And you're just like, you're just, when you actually know who Jesus is and you develop a relationship with him, you just know how much they're missing out and actually being connected to the creator of the universe. Yeah. You know, yeah. for something that's so superficial and really about yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what it really is. A hundred percent. And that's why I think too, like it's because uh, I talk, because I kind of feel this way and I've talked to other Christians that feel this way. And I think once you become a Christian and you see, and you have that relationship with Christ and you see the world for what it is, I think it's, it's hard. It's it, you, you, you realize that, you know, the, the, the Lord of the, you know, like the God of this world, you know, it's, God is obviously God, but the person who really rules over this world is the enemy. And that is really hard to see on a daily basis. And oh, so yeah. you really just, it, it's hard to see that. And you want to kind of, from that, you, you're ready to go home, like to heaven, but you, yep. you know that there's the, God has a plan for you here. Obviously, there's things that you still need to accomplish in order to, to bring him glory. But I just think there's a huge shift there in terms of the way that someone who has a relationship with Christ sees the world and, and how upside down it is, and someone who is still living for themselves. And I think that the people that are still living for themselves and haven't found that relationship, they view a Christian and say, wow, why, why would you? What? I don't think there's anything wrong with living for today. And if I die, so and nothing happens. So what this is, you know, it's all about pleasure. That's just, there's a right. total shift there. And yeah, uh, definitely. It's, 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 it's a hard one to go through. It's, it's, a, yeah. it's a hard, it's a hard thing to look at the world sometimes and see right. the way it is. Yeah. You start to feel like a foreigner, right? <laughs> literally. Um, right. Just like the Bible tells you, you know, you're to be in the world, but not of the world. And you truly feel that because suddenly you're like, wow, I really don't belong here. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. I, I really uh, another part of the book I really like, which was really interesting to me. Uh, so we we've already been kind of talking about the dangers of yoga meditation, stemming from both a, a combination of emptying your mind and letting spirits and, and energy come into your mind or in, into your being. As you state in your book, uh, there's a really good book called The Buddha Pill, which I st- I've wanted to read for a while. That states sixty percent of those that go on a meditation retreat have at least one side effect. Which is really fascinating but in mm-hmm. addition to that you say uh uh you talk about how some ndes um are of the same ilk as kundalini energy and can can you kind of explain this for us how that overlap kind of takes place there that's really fascinating yeah so the thing is you people that have near-death experiences, a lot of what they describe and experience, even after they have this experience, it's very, you know, it's very metaphysical sometimes. And it's very similar to people who endure Kundalini awakening. Much of the, the symptoms are the same, not always the really you know, bad symptoms, but like the more euphoric stuff. Um, and it actually, it changes their outlook too 
on, on life. And it kind of leads them down a path of um, being, you know, believing more of the metaphysical. So for example, like this just goes to show. So this is somebody having a Kundalini awakening. Let me just go to the page because I'm going to read sure. this from my book. Um, so this is from the International Association for Near-Death Studies. Um, you know, this is what somebody writes in their experience. In 1974, I activated Kundalini through meditation, but I did not know what I was doing. It erupted big time and blew my mind away. It was scary. I had a health problem in my ears and I was in a very bad car accident. So I meditated several hours a day. I first noticed Kundalini rising in my head. It slowly moved down to my tailbone. After that, all hell broke loose. My heart stopped beating and I stopped breathing. I said, oh Jesus. And all of a sudden I popped out of my body. The next thing I knew, I was hovering over a shore about 100 or 300 feet in the air. I could see the water, it was deep blue and the sand was white. I didn't see any people. Across the water, I saw a mountain range with trees and grass. I thought this looks nice. Then I noticed I couldn't see my body. I got a mental impression like someone was telling me that my body was back on planet earth. I said, where am I? The voice said, you're on another planet. What about my body, I asked. The answer I got was, if they find it, they'll bury it like any other dead body. Then I said, this is what's known as death. I thought that this was a strange turn of events. I looked across the lake and saw a white sailboat. I wanted to go to it and see if any people were on it. Then the voice said, you can't stay, you're not done yet. I thought, done with what? The next thing I knew, I was back in my body grasping for air and then my heart started pounding. So, I mean, this is a perfect example of someone's Kundalini experience. It sounds like a near-death experience. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the thing is that I feel like Kundalini is tampering with certain physiological processes in the body that's actually bringing on a death experience. Mm. You know, it, it's loosening that veil between life and death and between, you know, supernatural and, and normal. Mm -hmm. um, and then also... Um, just to prove my point too. I have a couple articles here talking, you know, comparing like the, the Kundalini with the near-death experiences. So according to this um, one article, it says here, according to Sri Ramakrishna, a man's spiritual consciousness is not awakened unless his kundalini is aroused. Kundalini is an evolutionary biology, which I think is interesting. That word alone, evolutionary biology. Kundalini is also the motivating catalyst behind the transcendent experience. It's the key to changing our state of being, how kundalini stimulates neuroplastic activity in the brain and consequently the ability to see and experience life beyond the material physical dimension. How do we know this? The effects induced by Kundalini are akin to those of near-death experience. Kundalini shares a series of effects with the NDE. NDEers frequently return from their experience with residual knowledge of metaphysical. How do we know this? Oh, I'm sorry. Um, of the metaphysical dimension. What's striking is that these types of experiences are commonplace in one to another, very similar in nature, in spite of the individual's age, cultural background, geographic location, or religion. The individual returns to a greater understanding of his or her connectedness, enhanced creative impulses, the appearance of a strong white light, and the intense certainty that there is no death. Hmm. Um, and the, another interesting thing is basically it says if NDEers can experience super consciousness in a brain dead state, why not suppose that Kundalini practitioners with their super stimulated brains could experience a much greater set of metanormal effects. And if they experience super cosmic consciousness, wouldn't this activity actually transform DNA over time? A super form of neuroplasticity that ultimately influences evolution by modifying DNA, hmm. which is interesting and kind of, makes you wonder why they're pushing this. Mm -hmm. Why is yeah. this pushed everywhere? You know, are they trying to change our DNA? Yeah. That's, Which you're yeah. already trying to do with many other methods, you know, with plants, animals. Um, mm -hmm. So I yeah. thought that was um, pretty interesting. <laughs> yes. Very interesting. Very, very interesting because, you know, as, as uh, many people know that, not all NDEs line up with the word of God. And so right. I, I find that to be really fascinating because I, 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 there's a deceptive factor there that can come with an NDE. And I, and I, I have never heard 
of that particular hypothesis before. And it makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of overlap there. And uh, I, I, I just, I think that it's a really good, um, I think it could, could very well um, show ex- what's going on in a lot of these NDEs when people are, you know, traveling to these other planets and getting and having these conversations with spirit guides and, and or aliens and, you know, those types of like new age types of NDEs. I, I, it really it seems to overlap a lot with it, with the new age. And um, it, it wouldn't surprise me if the Kundalini uh, effect here was at play. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. I also, uh, what, uh, one of the things that I think is interesting too, it, from a spiritual perspective, is that it took you a little while to understand the Bible. Um, after, you, after you found truth in Christ, um, it, it didn't happen for you overnight. And I think that's very normal. I think that's very normal and you're not an exception. So I just wonder, like, what would you say to someone who's, who's maybe coming out of the new age or maybe just discovering the Bible for the first time? How, how did that work for you in terms of like that, the, you know, the quote, the scales coming off your eyes, was it just a matter of like, you just, you kept attempting it, you kept praying, that relationship kept forming. How did the Bible change for you? Like, or as your relationship with, with Christ formed? Um, well, yeah, that's what it is. I think it was just my sincere searching mm-hmm. for God. You know, the sincerity was different. I wasn't looking at the Bible now from a, a critical, cynical lens. You know, I was looking at it, truly trying to understand, praying to God, open up my eyes. And, you know, then I would start to read stuff. And for the first time ever, I understood, you know, um, and, and I do feel like it does take kind of the Holy Spirit to be able to let have, give you eyes to see, you know, ears to hear, um, like all of that stuff started making sense to me. Um, but, you know, I just, I want to give up because sometimes the Bible can be hard to understand and you have to understand, you know, the cu- cultural context. Um, I would say during this time, you'd really need to sit under some strong other believers, you know, pastors, really good teachers, and, you know, just start doing like Bible studies. Um, start really trying to understand. Cause it's not going to always be easy just for you. You know, you need other people to come alongside you and yeah. kind of help you understand Great point. Yeah, that community is really important, isn't it? I think that that will, when you get proper guidance, I think that will uh, really, really help you out. And uh, like you said, just not giving up. I think it's so easy to give up, but there's so many different places to go in the Bible. There's whatever it is that you're looking for: the creation of the of the world, uh, Proverbs, uh, the end, the end yeah. of the world, the gospel stories. There's if if something is not clicking with you, I think there's always another place to go in that book. And right, and I think oh, the ahead. best thing is to start from the New Testament you know, start from there and then work your way. Um, start to kind of get to know who Jesus is. Um, I think that'd probably be the easiest than starting from, you know, the very beginning. <laughs> yeah, I, I would agree with that. I would agree. I think a lot of people, uh, they get lost in the, in those, all the laws there in the old Testament, especially like Leviticus and Deuteronomy. Um, and I, and I think that, you know, obviously as Christians, as, as people that have relationships with Christ, I think Jesus is the ult- is, is the most important part. And, there's a, there's a, there's, it's a little bit more accessible, I think, to, to many people that are coming out of the new age, uh, the new Testament. Speaking of the relational part, um, it took a little while for you to find uh, good, good, healthy uh, relationships in your church. And uh, we don't have time to get into this completely, but for a little bit, you got involved in uh, what I believe is called the NAR movement. And I was just kind of, if you could kind of uh, give our listeners kind of just like a brief understanding of what that was and how, putting your um, putting experience spiritual experiences ahead of relationship with Jesus can have a really detrimental effect. Right. So the NAR for people that don't know what that is, it's the new apostolic reformation. Um, It's basically like a lot of it's Christian mysticism and, you know, it's sweeping a lot of our churches. And as you'll start to see, it's very, um, it can be very esoteric the way that they go about stuff. Um, And so I would say that they start putting more emphasis on spiritual experiences and they do actually understanding the Bible. And that's kind of what I got pulled into, you know, coming from the new age, this seemed exciting. This seems like real, you know, it was just, it's so easy for you to go there. Um, And so, you know, right after I had left the new age, I got involved with a new apostolic reformation church where, you know, the pastor was called an apostle and they had prophets and, um, you know, you'd have like very 
mystical experiences where, you know, and then they would call you up and everybody would lay hands and prophecy on you. And it seemed biblical at the time, but, you know, here I was again, kind of wanting to put all the emphasis on myself, like you do in the new age, you know, people line up because they just want to hear about me, me, me. I want, you know, this person to prophecy over me, tell me all these good things about my life. Um, so that's where it starts getting out of control. And so I think people need to be aware that, again, God does it. He wants you to walk by faith, not by sight. Um, it's so important that you, you're not always going to feel God. You know, I'm not saying you'll never have supernatural experiences with God, but I just, that's not what you should be seeking. If they happen, great. But I think first and foremost, you should just be concentrating on God's word, you know, being obedient to what he asks of you. Um, you know, living life to help others, just being humble, you know, not trying to have all these fantastic experiences because that's, that leads you down the road to be deceived again. Because if you think you're a Christian and you're in a church, the devil's not going to try to deceive you there. You're wrong. Yeah, really He's well. especially going to try to deceive you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Re really well said. And, uh, and, I, and I'm really appreciative that you said that, especially on a podcast here where we talk so much about the, the, the miraculous things that happen. And I think it's very important to not let those things override the relationship with Jesus. Yes. I, I, I do think that those things are still happening, whether that be from, you know, somebody, somebody leaving the new age and those experiences that they had kind of like with you and myself that let us know that there was a, there was a spiritual world or, um, you know, some kind of a miraculous thing happening over here or there, uh, that God is still, you know, working. Uh, I think, I believe his miracles today, but I, but I do think that all of that co comes back to the truth, just like in the new Testament, Jesus's miracles. It wasn't about the miracle. It was about right. what was behind the miracle. It was the truth. The miracle is like a flare gun that points you to his word and who he is. And I right. just think that is so important because like you said, especially for somebody coming out of the new age, it's very easy to uh, kind of continue down that path of, oh, if I'm not feeling something, then something's not right. Well, right. Uh, it really turns out, I think that a lot of times that the, the more that you're feeling, I think God is a very, he's usually very subtle, very subtle, where I think, whereas I think the enemy is like, he always is trying to override you with these crazy, like euphoric drug-like experiences. And exactly. that is not what it's, a, that's just not what it's about. That's not what the, the relationship is a lot more. It's more about the peace than it is the the high. Right. Oh yeah, exactly. Yep. Um, I, I, the, the books, books like yours, I think are incredibly powerful and informative and healing. And again, I just want to thank you for writing it. And I, I want to ask you, what would you tell so, uh, to someone who is like you and might want to write a book about their experiences, uh, coming out of the new age to help others like you did? What was that process like for you? Um, it was a very frustrating process. Um, it's hard, you know, it's very hard. It took me a long time to write it. Um, and I'll be honest, it felt like, you know, things in my world just kept going wrong. Um, so that's the thing that you need to be prepared for too, is that you have an enemy in this world who definitely doesn't want you to write this book. Um, but you know, I got through it by God's grace and I know that he helped me every step of the way and it was worth it. You know, I just kept pushing through, pushing through, and I know that's what he wanted me to do. And it's definitely something to do. Cause I feel like right now the bookshelves are filled with new age stuff, with self-help books, you know, it dominates the market. So I feel like it's really important for those of us who've had these experiences to try to, to speak of them, you know, to, to help others, to be a source of truth in all of this. Yeah. And, and, uh, you, you know, I have a, I have a, a bachelor's degree in writing, so I know how hard it is. And, and then you start throwing the enemy in there. Like, I'm sure that was very, very challenging, but. Oh, it was. Know, and uh, I love writing. I've always liked writing. You know, I always wanted to be a writer, but I never thought this would be like the first book that I wrote. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I felt I like it was that important. I had to say something. Yeah. So. Well, I'm really happy that you did. I'm, ha I'm happy to hear that, it, it, even though it was sounds like it was very, very challenging, that it was well worth it in the end. Right. And it's hard to put yourself out there, too. You know, it's very hard to talk about personal stuff, but it's, it's for God's glory, so. 100%. And he'll, he'll work out the other things for you. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe if somebody doesn't see eye to eye with you here and there, he'll work that out for you. And I still think in the process, you're, you're, he's still... Um, working through you to help out a bunch of other people. So I think it's, it's more than worth it in the end. Right. 
so my uh, last question for you, it, it takes from a quote directly from the book. I really like what you said here. It's on the bottom of page 45 and has to do with the new age movement. And um, I guess just kind of, I guess more like East, like Eastern mysticism and like Hinduism and Buddhism in general, kind of how that all overlaps with, with the new age. Um, so it, this particular quote is from an Indian missionary talking about the success of Hinduism in the mm -hmm. U.S. And this is from 1979, which is really right. crazy to think about. Um, so he's, he said uh, he was he was. Uh, oh gosh, where was it? It was it was the VHP sponsored Second World Congress on Hinduism. And he said, our mission in the West has been crowned with fantastic success. Hinduism is becoming the dominant world religion and the end of Christianity has come near. And um, just want to read that quote, because looking at the at the current landscape and seeing some of the popularity of the New Age to Jesus or New Age to Christianity content, do you think that we are finally having some success in pushing back on some of these New Age or Eastern mysticism type of agendas and concepts? And where do you think we go from here? You know, I really don't think it's enough. Um, I feel like it has just grown so much. Um, and for the number of us that are speaking against it is really kind of small <laughs> compared to how much is, you know, and if you say anything about this, like, especially where I live, I mean, you're just probably people would look at you like you have three heads because this has just become such the norm, you know? Um, so, and it, it's hard to talk to people about, especially those that don't want to hear it. Um, they don't believe you, you sound crazy, <laughs> you know? So, <laughs> um, I think where we go from here is really just the more people that, that come out or have these experience, everybody just, they have to say something, do something, write something, make a video, um, testimonies. Um, but, you know, in, in the end, we're never going to be popular. You know, it's, <laughs> guys, people never are. When you're speaking truth, you're not going to be popular. So, um, but you really just have to concentrate on just saving just that one person or those people that it was meant to, because God will always use everything for, you know, his good. And he knows who, who it's meant for, you know, you can't, not everybody's going to listen to you and that's fine. A lot of people probably aren't, but it's just for that one. And only God knows who that is, you know? Yeah. Really well said because that one person, you know, when you think about them and, and an eternal life attached to that one person really is, that's, I think that's a lot more than sometimes we might give credit for in our mind. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Cause even I thought that, you know, like I wrote my book and I'm like, oh, you know, no one's going to care, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, this isn't going to be popular. Like, and, it, and it's not, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is fine, but still, you know, just that handful of people that have reached out to me and it changed their life. And it's like, see, then it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I really did, did have a huge impact on certain people, uh -huh. yeah. even people that I never even imagined. That's, so that, that is really, really cool. Um, well, are any, any other books in, in mind uh, for the future or kind of like, are, are you, what are you doing today? Any, any um, projects coming up? Not really. So it's been tough, you know, ever since this whole COVID thing happened, you know, now I got, I took my kids out of school. So now I'm homeschooling. I'm still working as a nurse. Um, just started up my own like business as a health coach and, um, Congratulations. So I'm really, <laughs> really, really busy, mm -hmm. but uh, you know, I, the next book that I write, I would really like to get into Christian fiction oh, in a nice. way that makes it fictional, but kind of really talks about what is going on on the landscape right now or what yeah. could come but making it kind of fictional. So it's more fun. So that's amazing. And I, and I think that that would be really good for uh, people because I think people always like good stories. And if you right. can find a way to make a good story and still insert the word of God and the themes right. of, of, of that in there, I think that you're, you're going to be doing a, a lot for people. I think people would appreciate the story and they would be able to take something out of it as opposed to just kind of uh, drowning out their life for three hours and putting it on hold. There's, there's a meaning and depth there that, that I think that a lot of people would really appreciate. Right. Well, uh, Tara, I, I really, really appreciate you taking the time today to, to share your insights and, and your testimony with us. Um, it was, it was awesome. And, uh, you just, just, you, you have so much knowledge and, and, uh, I can't thank you enough for, for taking the time to share with us today on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. Okay. Thank you. I had fun being here.
Thanks for asking me. Yeah, thank you. Well, that is it for the show this week, everybody. Thank you so much for sharing this with at least one person that you think would get something out of it. Thank you for subscribing, and thank you for reviewing us on whatever podcast app that you're listening to this on. I really appreciate that. And thank you for submitting your testimony or a testimony that you would like to have us feature on the show to my uh, email, spiritanswerspodcast at gmail.com. Really appreciate that. And just want to really uh, hit home the point that Tara made in this episode uh, as it relates to um, the Kundalini uh, overlap with false NDEs because um, especially in the last few years, I've really seen an uptick with the amount of um, deceptive NDEs that are out there. And I think this is really alarming. Uh, well, I think it's it's alarming and there's a positive to it. And I think the positive is that um, it's showing people that there is more to life than just the physical. It's it's planting seeds for people that there is indeed a spiritual realm that this is uh, this experience that we're having here on Earth is um, very, very minuscule, I think, compared to uh, what it is that awaits us on the other side. So I think that's good that people are starting to have that awareness that there's more to life than what we're experiencing just right now. But I think it's very um, alarming because it's um, also planting seeds of things that we see a lot of times in the New Age. You know, moral relativity, um, there is no such thing as good and evil. And uh, we see how much this is uh, destroying our society right now, that there is no concrete truth in all these ideas that are coming up, uh, especially lately. And we see how much they have permeated our culture and, and, and politics and so forth. And so um, I think it's just important to remember that anything, anything can pretend to be anything on the other side. And, um, you know, we need to really make sure that we're looking at these experiences through a lens of truth. And we, <clears throat> excuse me, and we can do that by looking at things through the Word of God as found in the Bible. Um, so I'm just, I'm really thankful that we had a chance to touch on that today. And I hope that that clears up some of what I've seen before, even in the comments on this show, where some people are um, kind of, they're concerned when we cover NDE sometimes, and um, and I get where they're coming from to an extent because I I know that there are NDEs that are of God and, and, and of Jesus. But just like any other experience out there, the enemy loves to mimic um, the things that God has, has meant for our good and uh, try to use those experiences for the gain of evil. So just in the same way, Jesus... Um, you know, so the supposedly Jesus can speak to us through a Ouija board. We understand that to be demonic deception. The exact same things happen in NDEs, and uh, so yeah, just so thankful that we have we have an opportunity here to discuss that. And really, it just comes down to that whole idea: is your spiritual experience bringing you closer to God, closer to Jesus? As He said, He is the only way, the only way. Or is it taking you further away? Is it bringing you closer to Hinduism, New Age, more relativity? And the list goes on. I want to give you an opportunity if Tara, uh, the insights that she shared with us today, maybe get impacted you in such a way that you are coming to the realization that there is something to this Jesus thing. And if that is you, I would ask for you to ask God to reveal himself to you in a personal way. And I would ask you to do this over a period of time, to not give up. And, you know, if you're really searching for truth, you're really, you know, from the bottom of your heart searching for these answers, you know, these, these big questions in life, why are we here, what's the meaning of life, I guarantee you that God will make himself known to you in a way that um, is, it, it's uh, indisputable. Um, I just think you have to keep up with it, and uh, it'll happen. In addition to that, uh, pick up a Bible if you haven't done that recently. Um, I, I mentioned before, I think that that sometimes for whatever reason it happened for me we can put off reading the bible read any other uh spiritual text or look at any other um outlet for spiritual answers but for some reason the bible is oftentimes the last thing that our last resort so yeah i would really recommend you to pick up a bible and just you know go a lot of people start in the new testament wherever it is that you're you're comfortable with starting uh, with the bible there i think you're you're gonna uh again be really surprised at uh, the amount the amount of spiritual wisdom that you uncover there. Um, so 
that is it for this week everybody thank you so much for tuning in and thank you for all you do to support the podcast i really appreciate it and uh, may you have a blessed week i will see you next week take care everybody bye-bye